Good morning, everyone. So you guys are a little lopsided this morning. You know that, right? Not only am I going to move everyone up, I'm going to move you to... I'm just kidding. I'm not going to make you move. <clears throat> so glad that you're here this morning. Is there, there are things in life that we kind of want. You know, we hear something said, uh, hear something talked about, but we kind of want a little proof, some evidence um, that this is real. Okay, if I claim to be a Cowboys fan, right, there better be some stuff either at my house or my office of paraphernalia of Cowboys stuff. I'm not rooting for other teams, right? Um, if I like to ride bikes, um, but I don't have a bike in my garage, you know, is that really evidence or proof? Um, I have been working on uh, hitting the gym and eating better. And if there's not evidence of that, now there's a lot of times that I've done that really strong, I thought, for weeks and weeks, and there's no evidence that shows up. Um, I don't know if you have that frustration or not. Um, if I claim that I love my wife, Carrie, but there's no evidence of that, then then is it true? Um, and so there are some things that, that we need to prove uh, first and foremost in our relationship with God, but, but also to ourselves, of what it looks like to truly love Jesus. Um, we have gone through uh, John chapter 14 already, halfway through, um, and Jesus presented some promises uh, that he's going to prepare a place for us, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and we have all of those things in him. We're going to continue on. Turn with me to John 14, uh, the rest of the chapter, 15 to 31. And we're going to see some more promises that Jesus gives, but it all wraps around, do we love Jesus? Um, what does our love for Jesus look like? Out of that comes these promises, but is there that evidence and proof that we love him? So read with me John 14, verses 15 to 31 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I will come to you. 
If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me. But I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. So last week we talked about um, troubling times and Jesus saying, Let not your heart be troubled. Uh, that he is going to prepare a place uh, for the disciples, for us. Uh, that we have a hope of this place prepared for us. That we have the way, the truth, the life in Jesus. Um, and then we're going, we see through the rest of this chapter um, the more promises of help in these troubling times and for, <laughs> for our eternity. Um, and it's the helper that we're going to see, the Holy Spirit, in peace. And the great thing is these promises aren't just for the disciples back then, um, but for us. And not just promises of the future, but we have access to these promises right now. So today, these promises, I want us to, to take a look at the Holy Spirit, the Helper, and then this promise of peace. But first, this reminder of the fact that we've got to love Jesus. Um, all of this hinges on loving him. Uh, so these promises are for those who love Jesus. Look at verse 6, uh, or back to verse 6 in chapter 14. Um, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Uh, there is nothing that we have from the Father. There is nothing that we have except through Jesus. All of this that we have been talking about, by the way, all of this that we ever talk about in this church rests on the fact that we love Jesus. And so I could end with this next question. Do you love Jesus? Do you really love him? Do you love him? And, and as we see uh, in this chapter, what's the proof? What's the evidence that we love Jesus? And it's verse 15. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Um, and so if we say that we love Jesus, then we obey his commandments. And not should obey them, not might obey them, not if it's convenient, uh, not, you know, if my schedule is not too full, I can kind of squeeze you in. No, it's that we obey his commandments. And then again in verse 23 and 24, <clears throat> it says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. So there's going to be evidence. There's going to be proof that you say that you love Jesus, and that is by obeying his commands. Uh, by following his word, by listening to what he has shared, and reading his word, and obeying what he says. Um, and we see this as we grow in our relationship with Jesus, if we have committed and given our life to him uh, as Savior and Lord, our lives will change. And there should be ev there will be evidence of that. There's, uh, we will love with this radical love. There will be more joy. There will be more peace. Um, our hearts won't be as troubled. There is evidence that we love Jesus by obeying his commands. 
Um, even in the midst of trouble and stress, and knowing what this world brings, uh, there should be evidence that we love Jesus. Uh, but what is this connection between love and obedience? It sounds a little harsh. You know, if you love me, then obey my commands. Um, what do we, what do we have if we get, uh, if we have love without obedience? Okay? Now that, that doesn't make much sense, but if we have, have love without obedience, um, that's basically saying we love Jesus. God, I love you, but I'm not gonna obey you. Um, imagine a friend or a spouse or a child, uh, and you come to them and you say, hey, I really need you to do this. Now, maybe your child, you're like, you have to do this. But hey, I really need help with this, or I really need you to do this for me. And you tur- turn to them and say, you know what? I love you, but I'm not going to do it. Um, and, and so there, there's a reaction to our love. Now, a child's going to have issues if they, you know, if one of my boys came to me as I ask him to do something, and they say, Daddy, I really love you, but no. Um, that's not going to fly. Uh, and here's this picture of what kind of a relationship would that be? We say that we love someone, but we could care less of what they ask of us or at, care less of what they are asking us to do for them. Um, and I believe this from the bottom of my heart. If you truly love someone, you help them move. Right? That is a true test of friendship. If they, if you put out a call for help to move someone, whoever shows up really love. Now, no guilt if you, if you failed someone before. Um, but love without obedience, um, is that really love? Especially to Jesus, if we really love him and he is giving us these commands, giving us his word, if we are, do not react in obedience, do we really love him? Um, what if it's obedience without love? Um, what if it's a, this, this factor of, of Jesus just requiring obedience from us without loving him? Um, that looks very different. Now, if you have a child, a baby, especially a toddler, you know, you expect them to obey. The love, the love will come. You love them desperately, and I know they love you. Um, it's a whole different conversation when they're teenagers, right? That they're kind of having to obey. You know, they love you, but, but there's, there's a little bit of, of angst there. Um, but God did not create us to be these obedient robots, these mindless robots, uh, to just create us to obey. Um, there's, there's this relationship factor. There's this choice to obey. And when we have obedience without love, then we're missing the point. Uh, that it's, and I talked about this last week, our relationship with Jesus is not this religious-based, follow the rules, and, uh, or you're, you're, you're going to, to not be religious enough to get to heaven. Uh, it's a relationship. It's not about, um, okay, Follow all these rules and obey, 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 obey without love. That's not how Jesus came. That's not what we are presented with as Savior and Lord and as we give our lives to him. We do, we obey him out of our love. Turn with me to 1 John 5, verses 2 and 3. And I'll read these to you. But 1 John 5, verses 2 and 3. 
says, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Okay? There shouldn't be this, you know, this burden to obey the things of God, to obey Jesus. Um, I, I love it. Uh, do I really love it? When the Holy Spirit presents scenarios in my life during the week that I'm prepping for a sermon. Um, because it, and it didn't hit me till this morning when it says that it shouldn't be burdensome if you love someone. Um, yesterday, it was three times. Three times in the middle of one hour show that I was trying to watch that Carrie needed something. Um, and I was like, and I, at one time she actually heard me because I was like, Ugh. you know, we need to make sure we don't have that attitude in our love for Jesus. Uh, that yes, is it going to be difficult? Absolutely. To follow and, and obey the things of Jesus. But it should not be burdensome. It should not be this, you know, I better get up and go to church this morning. I better love my neighbor. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's this that if we really truly love Jesus, then we are all in with anything that he wants from us. Uh, anything that he, he requires. Are we going to fall on our face attempting and still uh, deal with our sin and still have moments of attitude and disobedience? Absolutely. Um, but if we love Jesus, truly love him, we start to live for him. And there's evidence of what is going on. There's evidence of us following his commands, following his word, and living more and more in him. Uh, and so these promises are for those who love Jesus, and we've got to start there. And then if we love Jesus, we get all of God all the time. Write that down. This is our, our next point, and this is leading us to the Holy Spirit. Uh, but if we love Jesus, we get all of God all the time. Uh, Jesus is going to show us that we are going to get more of God than we can ever imagine. Uh, that we were, are going to have access. Here the disciples are, realizing who Jesus is, knowing he's the light, and they've chosen the light, and they're coming to the light, and then he's like, hey, I'm leaving soon. And imagine that if you, you know, if you play that, that image out, well, wait, if the source of light's gone, am I back in the darkness? Like, what is all this? Jesus, you can't leave us. Um, we just are realizing what's going on and who you are. Um, but haven't we all longed for a time in the presence of Jesus? Uh, to be able to be there. Uh, to be able to experience him and hear him. Uh, to enjoy a meal together. To spend time listening and learning from him. Uh, and to be in the presence. To be there in the light. To be, have access to Jesus. Um, but Jesus is going to show us that there's going to be so much more. Um, I don't know. I've never bought anything off of QVC. Amazon's a whole different story. But if you've ever watched a QVC channel, you know, they present the item and they keep lowering the cost, you know, like you're getting this great deal. It's still probably a lot less than what it was to manufacture. But a lot of times they'll present everything and they're like, by the way, there's more. You get two for the same price or whatever. Um, here Jesus is ready to set the disciples up that, yes, you have had me. 
And by the way, I'm not going to leave you. Verse 18 says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Uh, And then verse 20, he says, In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me. But then he says, and I in you. Uh, And and we know that Jesus is setting up this this, uh, scenario, if you will, for them, of what it's going to look like even when he he leaves. Um, In verse 20, that you and me and I and you, so we're not just have the be in the room with him we don't get to just be in the room with him uh we are going to be united with god that we are going to have access to the son um we already have this the love of the father uh and then jesus in verse 23 jesus and philip by the way is like jesus how are you going to do this how are you going to manifest yourself to us if you say you're leaving jesus answered in 23 if anyone loves me he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Um, back up in verse 16, Jesus alludes to the helper and kind of gives a little highlight or, or preview of the Holy Spirit. Uh, because now we see that we, especially the disciples, have access to Jesus in the flesh. But Jesus is leaving, the Father is involved, um, but now... In verse 16, Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And you may not have me in the same room with you anymore, but I am going to send the Holy Spirit. Uh, And the Holy Spirit will be with you forever. Look at verse 26 again. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Trinity alert, by the way. Here we have all of God. And uh, if you remember way back when, we just upgraded Carrie's parents' phones. He had like an iPhone 4 and she had a 6 or something like that. But if you think back to 2007... When Apple presented the iPhone first, it was a big deal um, because it was this presentation of a device that combined, combined the iPod. If you remember all your music, how about, anyone still have an iPod? Um, all your music in one device, a phone, and then the mobile internet, okay, basically your computer, all in one device. Uh, and it just blew the mind of, of all of us uh, that this device was was here. And Jesus is like, look, I'm going to leave, but you're going to get more of God than you will ever know. The Holy Spirit is here. Uh, the Father is involved. You have access to me. Uh, um, and so here Jesus is, is presenting and talking about the Holy Spirit, the helper. And this word helper in the Greek, um, is kind of difficult to 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 break down, to translate. In fact, different translations of the Bible use different words. Uh, the ESV that we use uses helper. Okay, and you kind of think of of you know more than I hope you think more of of a helper than just the guy that goes and gets coffee. You know, someone to just kind of help you out. But 
in the Old Testament, uh, the word helper is even used. Uh, in Psalm 54, it says, Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. Um, and so this, this rich word of the helper, of the Holy Spirit. The King James uses comforter. Um, and this isn't, again, so much more than just someone who's going to pat you on the head. You know, if you've had a bad day, just kind of comfort you. But even in a time of grieving, isn't there significance in someone who is just there, just present in your time of grief to be there as a comforter? Um, and then true comfort also gives us strength in the midst of, of anything that's going on in life um, to continue to give us the strength to, to work through any situation, to work through life um, as comforter. The NIV actually uses advocate. Um, in a courtroom setting, the advocate is this legal assistant who would plead your case for you or a lawyer. Okay? I don't know about you, but if I got in trouble and had to go to court, I'm not going to try to do that by myself. I need an advocate, someone who will speak for me. So kind of the, these pictures of who the Holy Spirit is. And Jesus is saying, you're going to get so much more of God than you ever imagined because the Holy Spirit is coming. You're adopted into my family. I will not leave you as orphans. Uh, so when we love Jesus uh, and we are all in this promise that we get all of God all of the time, um, and the Holy Spirit, looking back up at verse 16, um, here's what we get with the Holy Spirit. He's given to us by the Father. Okay, 16 says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. He's with us forever, to be with you forever. He's the spirit of truth, okay, making us less deceived and less led astray and holding on, continuing to understand the truth of God in our life. Uh, he's knowable. The world cannot see him or know him, but you know him. And he dwells with us, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And this amazing fact that it's not just God will be with us, but he dwells in us. So now add to this picture of, remember last week, Jesus talked about preparing a place for us, right? In the presence of God, a future hope that we have. But it's, just, it's not just that. He's saying, I'm going to create a dwelling place in you with God. Access to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That God lives within us. And so this promise of, of having all of God all of the time, this promise of Jesus is this, that the Father, the Holy Spirit, the, and coming from Jesus, he's saying the Father, the Holy Spirit, and I will be with you forever. We will never forsake you no matter where you are. Uh, and what, how does, not, how does that not give us um, this, this peace and this strength knowing it is not just us having to give ourselves over to God, but when we do that, when we say we love Jesus and obey his commands and live in his word, that we have Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit, we have the Father, full access, and living our lives to glorify him. So what does this mean? And it's this promise of peace that we see. Verse 27 says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, 
neither let them be afraid. And then last week, similar, verse 1 said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Here is this, this, this peace that, that can come from nowhere else. Again, all of this is through Jesus. All of this is accessible by what he did on the cross, covering our sins with his shed blood, giving us access to the Father. And now we have the added uh, picture and, and uh, ex- explanation of the Holy Spirit. But how does this peace compare to the world? Because the world can give us peace, right? The world kind of gives us peace. Uh, there's a pill to take for that. Uh, there are some drinks that will kind of give you a momentary uh, moment of peace. You can go shopping, by the way. Uh, that'll give you peace for some. Um, but it's an escape, and it doesn't last. Uh, it does not. It is very temporary. And we try to find peace in our life. We try to go do something uh, that kind of gives us an escape from reality, but it never lasts. And here's the thing about the peace that the world provides. You have to work for it. Uh, you have to do a certain thing. Uh, social media, the internet, YouTube is full of things. If you want a better life, do this. Try this. Whatever. But everything is temporary. And it's absolutely circumstantial. Because as soon as something else happens in life, a curveball happens in life, uh, something fails you, someone fails you, peace is gone. Uh, the circumstances in life are gone because we have tried to do it on our own. But what does verse 27 say? Peace I leave with you. The peace I give to you. We can have peace because God himself gives us God himself. Okay, we have this because of who God is and what he has given to us, which is himself. If God is far off, there is no peace. Um, if he's even kind of close, there might be a little peace. But if God is in us by the Spirit, then we have access to a peace that lasts for eternity. And it's not earned. It's not temporary based on our circumstances. It is a gift from God. Uh, this peace that we have because he lives in us. And this promise of peace adds to the fact that our hearts don't need to be troubled but also that our hearts don't need to be afraid. It mentions Satan when it says the ruler of the world uh, is coming. Satan is alive and is hard at work. Uh, but a reminder from 1 John 4, he who is in us, in us, is greater than he who is in the world. So there's evidence. There's evidence of Christ in us, of God at work in us through the Holy Spirit, access to the Father, And from that comes a life that we do obey the things. We do glorify God in all that we do. We live for him. But all of these things rest on loving Jesus. And do you love Jesus? Is there evidence of that? And love is such a personal word, word, right? Jesus didn't ask for us to respect him or to admire him, uh, to kind of acknowledge him or even just say in the, the, this statement of belief, oh, I believe in Jesus. You know, I know, I know he's, he existed. Um, I believe that, that he's alive now. I, I believe, you know, that he died for my sins. We can believe all these things. 
Um, but to say that we love him is a whole different level. Um, it's truly a personal word because I can come to you and I can say I respect you or I admire you or I even look up to you. But when I admit that I love you, that's a whole different meaning. And so do we say truly that we love Jesus? Um, do we love him? When we look at Jesus, when we read about him, when you think about Jesus, when you sing his name during worship, is there something in us that just goes, I love him. I really love him. And so where are we in that? And if it's there, if you know that you love him, then continue to love him. Continue to, uh, to seek after him in our life. Um, if you're not there, now is the time to pray and ask for Jesus to reveal himself in a more powerful way to you. For the Holy Spirit uh, to break down the walls of your heart. Uh, for you to understand who he is. And to allow you to say that you love Jesus. And if you do love him, keep his commands. Uh, know that you have an all-access pass to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that they have all-access pass to you. Uh, that we love Jesus we love the Holy Spirit and his work in our life. We love the Father. And to see this promise that Jesus is leaving the disciples as he's going to leave is that same promise that we have, that we have access to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And through this relationship, we are going to have eternal life. There is a place ready for us. We have peace and an understanding in this life because everything rests on this fact that we love Jesus. Please pray with me. Father, I thank you for this morning uh, that you continue to reveal yourself to us, that you continue to help us understand more. Father, I pray for those who may not know you uh, 100% that they come to the saving knowledge of your son, Jesus, and that today will be the day that they choose him to be their Savior and the Lord. Father, I thank you for this time of worship. Father, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to come corporately to say, yes, we love Jesus, and that we will continue to live for him and serve him and um, keep our eyes focused on him. In his name we pray, amen.